0: Missionary Enterprises, Missionary Aid International. Uh, This is with an association with uh, Zura Zoom Fellowship, India, Asia. So we already did a Zoom teaching for them. This is actually my second video for them. And so now I'm just doing a teaching. I'm doing the same teaching in the, the green room for the better production. And of course for YouTube, Facebook and different platforms like that. So, this is basically kind of part two uh, regarding this is called the God kind of life. The God kind of life. And uh, so, let's look at the word, the key word, the Greek word, zoe. That is the big word in the New Testament for the word life. It's used 125 times in the New Testament. Uh, translated life in most uh, references in our English translations it's Strong's number 2222 Uh, so it's a great word and um, brother Hagen did a lot of good teaching on the word Zoe and uh, we need to bring that back to the forefront in the, the church because this is the kind of life that belongs to those who are born of God so let's start with Genesis 2 7 where the word zoe is not being used, but still the word life. Then the Lord God formed man, mankind, uh, humanity from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath or spirit of life. So there we've got the word life. And man, mankind became a living being. So God created the human body out of the dust of the ground, but still he still had to breathe. Right He has still to breathe into his nostrils the breath of or the spirit of life, so that that human being, that carcass, that skeleton with skin, of course uh flesh and blood, could come actually alive because uh, apart from the spirit and even the soul, the body is dead, right? That's so what it says in uh, I think I believe it's in Romans in the New Testament. so I wrote here, the spirit of life represents the spirit of man regarding spirit, soul, and body. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, having been created in God's own image since God is spirit, John 4, 24. So the part of us that was God, was created in God's image, the way I understand it anyhow, is our spirit, which is unseen. And of course, God is unseen also. Let's move uh, to a couple of verses in the same chapter, Genesis 2, 9, and out of the ground, the Lord God made to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight or to be desired, good, suitable for food. And also, he also put the tree of life also in the center of the garden. And, and, it didn't stop there, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, uh, blessing and calamity. All right, so I wrote here as a note, we were given by God the choice. It's a choice, To eat from one of the two main trees, uh, not to tempt mankind, but to give mankind the freedom to exert his God-given right and privilege to choose for himself, according to the law of sowing and reaping. Yet God had already told man what to choose and what to eat, what tree to eat from, but could not choose for man or not could not do it for man. But he told him what to do, and all that man had to do was listen to God. And because God is not a man that he should lie, he's not a liar. He will not deceive you. He will never deceive you. Uh, everything that God, everything that comes out of God's mouth, is for our good. So Proverbs four twenty to twenty three, uh, my son or daughter, uh, attend to my words and consent and submit to my sayings. So God is speaking here. He, he's speaking. Let them not depart from your sight. Let them not depart from your sight and keep them in the center of your heart. That's how you get them in your heart, through your eye gate, through your mouth, through your ears. Why? Because they are life, not death, they are life to those who find them, healing and health to all their body. Wow, that's a great reason to keep them and to pay attention to God's words, uh, to attend to His words, His sayings not letting them depart from your sight. Why? Because their life and their healing and have their medicine to every part of your body. Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard, for out of your heart flows the springs of life. So the heart of man is made up of the spirit and the soul, not just the spirit, the spirit and the soul of man. That's why we need to guard our hearts because uh, that's the part of us that's going to be judged on that day too. And that's what God looks at. He looks at the heart, right? It doesn't look like on the outward appearance. You gotta be kidding. Oh my goodness. He looks at the heart. Jesus made much about that. What the things that come out of the heart? Uh so the reason we have we have and see so much death, death in this world, as well as according to world history, uh, is because overall man or mankind has rejected or neglected God and his words. His word and his words, yeah, God, man has just totally set aside God's words, thinking we don't need God's word. Well, we're going to be judged by God's word one day, so that's not too smart. It's not a smart move. Uh, we have reaped and are reaping what we have sown and are sowing and what we shall be sowing uh, uh, in the future if we don't change the what we're sowing, all right? We're going to reap. And uh, that's in Galatians 6, 7. It says God can't be mocked. And the ultimate reaping of what we've sown, it will be found in heaven or hell. All right. So that's pretty serious stuff. Extremely serious. So let's go to John 6, 35. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Wow. He who comes to me will never be hungry. And he who believes in and cleaves and trusts in and relies on me will never thirst anymore at any time and that is very true very true note here jesus compares himself he compares himself to bread also calling himself bread he comes he compares himself to bread but he also calls himself the bread of life all right because why what is bread what does bread represent bread Represents survival, but it represents more than that. It represents nourishment uh, food life uh, Matthew 4 3, but we're not talking about just any old kind of bread here We're not talking about like uh, wonder bread or white bread <laughs> Like I want uh, the sooner uh, the whiter the bread the sooner you're dead We're talking about real bread like whole grain bread of course Jesus is not whole grain bread even though God created whole grain food uh, but, even in the natural, healthy bread that will bring nourishment to you is whole grain bread, not white bread. White bread is void of nutrients, it's void of minerals and vitamins all right so john eight twelve once more, Jesus addressed a crowd, He said, "I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not be walking in the dark but will have the light." which is life, which is life. So you can't separate light from life, okay? They work together. Uh, the same goes for darkness and death. You walk in death, you walk in darkness, it leads to death. Whether it's spiritual death, whether it's uh, physical death, um, you know, even walking in a, dark, on a dark, in a dark alley or in a dark street where there's no lights on. You know, we don't know a lot about that here because we have lights everywhere at night. But I tell you, I've been down a Dark Alley before. I've been on the path, the bike path, when it was at night. And uh, some areas you got the moon because the moon was out. I mean, there was no clouds, but there's some areas where I could not see anything on my bike uh, while riding on my bike. I had to slow down. I didn't just in case somebody were, were walking on the path at night. It was dark and it's dangerous. Uh, and we know what, uh, what the Word of God talks about, uh, darkness. Uh, it's never good. It's used metaphorically for morality, moral darkness, but also um, God has nothing good to say about darkness, especially metaphorically speaking. So John 10.10, 10, The thief comes only to, in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have and enjoy life. And have it in abundance to the full till it overflows, so Jesus came to bring life. God is all about life he 's not about he 's not the thief, all right God does not steal, nor does he murder, nor does he destroy all right he doesn 't kill he does kill at times, uh, especially in the Old testament, but he doesn 't murder there 's a difference and that 's what it says in the Hebrew. The Ten Commandments, it's not, thou shalt not murder, not thou shalt not kill. It should have been translated murder into the English. All right? So God is not the author of death. He is not. Death came through the fall of man and as sin and sin death, right? I think that's in Romans 5. John eleven twenty-five. 25, Jesus said to her, I am myself the resurrection and life Whoever believes in, adheres to, trusts in, relies on me, although he may die physically, he will live. He will live, uh, and that's, the, that's part of the good news. Uh, once you die physically, uh, you will go on to live with God for eternity, in eternal life and not eternal death, if you're born of God. And if you're not born of God, you're going to go on living. Uh, it doesn't stop after physical death. You're going to go on living, and it's called eternal death. All right? It is, it, there's no end to it. It's endless. Hell is endless. The lake of fire is endless. All right? There's no time. It's end or endless time. There's no possibility of having eternal life without first having and experiencing the resurrection at the cross. So Jesus did that at the cross for us, but then you have to experience it in the sense of being born and receiving what he did for you at the cross. And then the resurrection will benefit you. But if, you know, Jesus was raised from the dead on our behalf as our substitute. But if you're not actually born again, then all of that will be worthless. It's not worthless, but it's not going to be to your account. Put it that way. All right? It's not going to benefit you. All right? got to receive it. And uh, by believing it, that's when you're born again. So here for re- regarding the resurrection, we have in Ephesians 1.20, It says here, God, which he worked in Christ when he, God, raised him, Christ, from the dead. Yeah, and seated him, Christ, at his, God's right hand in the heavenly places. But he did it for us. And actually, we were there, according to Ephesians 2, 6, and raised us up together. There you go. And made us sit together in the heavenly place in Christ Jesus. So that's one of the most powerful uh, accomplishments finished work of the cross. Uh, so we have the resurrection. We have the death, burial, resurrection. Um, yeah, but and then we have the ascension. But what about being seated? And that's what was God's plan the whole time is to get us back seated with him at his own right hand, which is a place of authority and power and dominion. And uh, royalty reigned the whole thing. The whole nine yards, as some say, or the whole kit and caboodle. So I wrote here, Jesus was raised up from the dead in our place as our substitute to call the substitution. And I did one teaching for that uh, for New Life Global Church quite a few years ago. And this is something I'm going to get into big time uh, down the road. John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except by or through me. So, before Jesus became Jesus in his humanity, uh, John 1.14, that's the incarnation, he was God the Word, according to his deity, John 1.1. Outside of God, there is no life. There is no life in the truest sense of this word, life. Outside of God, forget it. It's all chaos. It's all corruption. It's all darkness, death. Moral death, physical death, eternal death. it's death, 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 everywhere. Look around you, all right. uh there's no life in wars, there's no life in in sexual promiscuity, pornography, there's no life in drugs, there's no life in corruption, lying, stealing, um manipulation. There's no life in that. there's no life. It's death, all right it's all it can all be summed up in that little word. Death. Let's move on to Colossians 3, 3 and 4. I just want to put this here. Colossians 3, 3 and 4. For as far as this world is concerned, you have died, and your new real life is hidden with Christ in God. So in your union with God, with Christ, you have his life. And that's what he says here in verse 4 when Christ, who is our life, because we're his body, right? He's the firstborn. So his life is to become our life, all right? And we do have his life in our new nature. We've got his life. We've got the life of God. We've got the life of Jesus. Uh, we've got the imagery of God. We've got the image of God, all of these great things, all these great realities of what we call the new creation. Uh, so when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in the splendor Of his glory and those who are not in Christ they will not appear in the splendor of his glory they're going to appear in the lake of fire and uh, it's not uh, it's beyond not a good place so I wrote here the very life of Jesus belongs to us because we are one we are in union with him via the new nature or through the new nature which is his nature the nature he was born with through the virgin birth by the Spirit Jesus is God's firstborn son from the dead. That's very important that he's from the dead. He's God's firstborn from the dead. Colossians 1.18, Yet also of many other brethren. So we're God's sons, but we're Jesus' brethren in his humanity. All right? So Jesus is the first to be born from the dead. Adam, the first Adam, was actually God's firstborn son. Uh, He wasn't born. He was created, but still... It's there, the word born, created, made, they're all basically synonymous. So even Jesus was born, but in a way, he was created. He was created, not in the sense that he is a created being, in the sense that uh, he didn't exi- he didn't have a pre existence, because he did have a pre existence. But he was created in the, the womb of Mary by the Spirit in order to be born. So, and let's, uh, to prove this here, is John twenty seventeen? Jesus said, do not hold on to me. He said that to the woman uh, in verse 16, I believe, and she had mentioned his disciples, his disciples. But Jesus said something very interesting here uh, after the resurrection, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. And then he said, go instead to my brethren, my brothers, not to my disciples. They're no longer his disciples. They were his brethren, And tell them that I am ascending to my Father and your Father, my God, your God. Wow. That most people, I remember I saw that years ago. The Lord opened that up to me. Oh, my goodness. I don't know what what year it was. But I tell you, I just really, I need to meditate it more so I can walk in it more. But I really changed my relationship with God. It really did. And even with Jesus as my elder brother, the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 29 also is very key in all this. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined, talking about us, God. He foreknew us, he predestined us to be what? Conformed to the image of his son, his firstborn son from the dead, that he might be, Jesus might be the firstborn or first to be born among many brethren. That's what I'm saying. And even if you go into Hebrews, the epistle to the Hebrews he makes much about that. It's huge. Hebrews is huge, especially in light with the word covenant and the word testament. And I don't like the word covenant. We're not in a covenant. We were never, we, we were never in a covenant with God. It's always been about relationship, family. And uh, so it's testament, will, going back to the the original creation, And then we've got the fall of man. And then we've got the new creation. I don't even like that old, Old Testament, New Testament. Forget old covenant, new covenant. I don't even like Old Testament, New Testament. Uh, Even though there's some truth to that. Old will, new will. There's truth to that. Because the old will is after the fall. So we've got the original creation. Then we've got the fall of man. That's not God's will. No, God's will is back in the garden before the fall. And then we've got the new creation. So I just want to finish here. In 1 John 5, I had mentioned this in my the teaching on Zoom and I'm going to throw it in here. 1 John 5:11 to 13. 1 John, if I can get to it, it's I believe it's right before Jude. Yes it is. 1 John 5, 1 John 5 11 John 5:11 to 13. Very powerful here. And this is the testimony, the evidence, God gave us eternal life. There we got the word life. This is regarding the life of God, right? Uh, Gave us eternal life, and this life is in his son. In his son, his firstborn son. All right? 12. Uh, He who possesses the son has that life, that Zoe kind of life uh has that kind of life. He who does not possess the Son of God does not have that life, meaning he's got death. Not good, not good. And 13, uh, John says here, I write this to you who believe in uh, the name of the Son of God. And, and here it says so that you may know which settled and absolute with settled and absolute knowledge that you already have life. Yes, eternal life Life. Now, eternal life does not start when you get into heaven. It really doesn't. Beginning? Eternal life begins once you are born of God. Now, those who believe in once saved, always saved, and versus those who believe that you can actually walk away from your salvation, end up losing your salvation, so then you can lose that eternal life. So in some way... Um, eternal life does begin uh, once you enter into heaven. It, uh, Technically, theologically speaking, yes, that is more accurate. Yet at the same time, eternal life begins the moment you receive that new nature through uh, the whole act of regeneration, recreation. So anyhow, thank you for so much for your time. And this was actually, I really enjoyed doing this teaching for the brothers in India on Zoom and getting used to doing some more Zoom. And uh, so, as I finish all my videos, uh, walk in the fullness of the grace of God. Shalom and amen. And don't forget to read the word. Read the word. Eat the word. Eat the word. Amen.